0: Chapter Two of the Fairy of the Snows. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. The Fairy of the Snows by Francis J. Finn S. J. Chapter Two Introducing the Morrow Family. On the following morning, Miss Margaret Dalton called at my office to make her report. I think it is a really deserving case, she said they live in two rooms in the most ramshackle house i have ever been in which is saying a good deal i interposed for several years margaret and her sisters had been visiting in season and out the sick and the poor but everything is neat and clean the living-room is kitchen dining-room and living-room in one the pans are shining the stove is polished everything has its place and mrs morrow a little bit of a body is as clean and neat as her children the little ones are well cared for their clothes are not held together by pins there is a button wherever a button should be and each of them is quite familiar with the saving virtue of cold water and a bath but what about the head of the house i put in i was coming to him he is a rather fine-looking pleasant-faced man of about thirty-five or so he looks fairly strong and healthy and is nearly six feet tall when i came in he was seated with a child on each knee and the others grouped around them HE WAS TELLING THEM SOME SORT OF A STORY, I BELIEVE, Whatever IT WAS, THEY WERE LISTENING BREATHLESSLY. THE MOTHER WAS SITTING ON THE OTHER SIDE OF THE KITCHEN STOVE, MENDING A LITTLE DRESS. I COULD SEE AT A GLANCE WHAT YOU COULDN'T SEE, FATHER, IN HALF AN HOUR'S INSPECTION. THAT DRESS HAD BEEN MENDED AND REMENDED ALMOST BEYOND COUNT. OF ONE THING I'M MORALLY CERTAIN. MRS. Morrow IS ALL THRIFT AND INDUSTRY. AND WHAT ABOUT THE MAN? AS FAR AS I COULD JUDGE, HE SEEMS TO BE A MOST DEVOTED FATHER. ONE CAN SEE THAT HE LOVES HIS CHILDREN, AND no LESS CLEARLY THAT HIS CHILDREN LOVE HIM. THAT'S PRECISELY THE ACCOUNT MY OFFICE BOY MICHAEL GIVES, TOO. WHEN ALICE LEFT MY OFFICE YESTERDAY, EQUIPPED WITH A NEW PAIR OF SHOES, FOR WHICH she WAS MORE THAN DULY GRATEFUL, MICHAEL WAS GOOD ENOUGH TO TELL ME THAT ON TWO DIFFERENT OCCASIONS, WHEN THE MORAL CHILDREN WERE ABSENT FROM SCHOOL, HE HAD GONE TO THEIR HOUSE TO LOOK THEM UP, AND THAT ON ONE OF THESE VISITS HE HAD FOUND THE FATHER HOME NURSING Elsie DOWN WITH THE MEASLES, WITH THE TENDERNESS OF A WOMAN. Michael didn't put it exactly that way, but such was the substance of his observation. He also gave it as his opinion that Mr. Murrow was a nice man. And yet I don't quite understand. How is it he is out of work? I tried to get some information on that point. He gave me a long explanation. First he had been sick for a week, then the weather had been bad, and then he made some remarks about the union and the union card which I could make neither head nor tail of. Also, he represented that, being a stranger in the city, he found it hard to get work unless it were plentiful. In the winter there's little plastering. Did he look like a drinking man, Margaret? No, indeed. His eyes were clear, and there was no puffiness of face and no discoloration. He looked like a total abstainer, although he admitted that he occasionally took a glass of beer. Thereupon his wife, with a timid smile, remarked that, for the last three weeks, "'he had not lived up in any sense even to that admission. "'Well, Margaret, I must say that all this is very unusual. "'Tell me, was there anything in the house for supper?' "'The potato supply,' and there was a twinkle in Margaret's eye, "'had come to an end with a noonday meal. "'There wasn't a thing in the way of food in the place. "'I must say this case strikes me as the most serious "'and the most deserving I have ever come across in all these years. "'And you might add the most extraordinary.' Since being in charge of this school, I have hobnobbed with poverty, with all sorts of poverty, from the poverty that comes of a beer income and champagne taste to the poverty that visits a large family of little ones where the husband and breadwinner is taken away untimely. I've never in all my experience known of a case where there was nothing to eat in the house, but there had also been previously too much to drink. That's a fact, Father. Excessive drinking and abject poverty would appear to go hand in hand if by abject poverty you mean nothing to eat in the house yes especially if it is a sort of de capoed performance it does happen in time of calamity to deserving people but if they be not intemperate they need only to be put on their feet well what have you done i sent them a basket of provisions at once it ought to last them three days of soup-bone flour eggs sugar coffee a sting of sausages and so on then my sister teresa is now scouring her friends of the notre dame academy alumnae for children's clothes they'll all be provided for by night as for mrs morrow we've plenty for her out of our own stock also there's a matter of five dollars on rent due allow me to take care of that i broke in just a few minutes ago a man sent by god it may be walked in and gave me this five dollar gold piece saying father use that for the poor and pray for me he walked out almost before i could thank him i never saw him before thank you father i'll attend to the rent at once one thing i forgot to tell you mr morrow says he has a job he starts to work this morning i'll send them another basket on thursday and by the time that's exhausted payday will have come and the morals will be on their feet again for all of which thanks be to god a knock at the door cut short what further reflections i was minded to make and in answer to my come in, the door opened, and there in the doorway, curtsying elaborately and smiling expansively, stood our little fairy of the snows, looking now, by reason of the new shoes, rather more like a mere mortal. Oh, Miss Margaret, is that you? Good morning, father. I didn't know you had company. I just came in to thank you for these shoes. They fit me so nicely. Mamma says that lots of little girls will be jealous of me. Mamma says for me to thank you from her heart you and mamma are quite welcome my dear and we had such a supper last night before it was over i had to get up and loosen elsie's waistband and her brother would have choked if we hadn't beaten him on the back when we said our prayers Mamma made us put in god bless father carney and miss margaret i am going to see that prayer every night as long as i live oh miss margaret did you take a look at my new shoes then all at once the left foot went up with a suddenness which made it appear as though alice was intent upon kicking her benefactor up it went straight sudden till it was quite possible for margaret without bending to see the sole from heel to toe and so remained in the face of all the known laws of equilibrium excellent the shoes are strong and look well for goodness sake child put your foot down or you'll break your neck no i won't miss margaret i can do real stunts if i want to replied alice recovering the normal gravity but i just came in to say thank you so i guess i'll go now good-bye miss margaret good-bye father she made for the door fairy-like in her glide and then once more she astonished me turning in the threshold she faced us and with that suddenness of movement to which i had not yet become accustomed in her made a profound curtsey, more profound than that which had prefaced her entrance she sank and rose like the crest of a wave alice i called as she was turning to go where on earth did you learn that curtsy there was a young lady i knew in dayton father and she used to go to a convent boarding-school and she showed me once how they used to do it when the bishop came it was a sacred heart girl commented margaret as alice disappeared and then i recalled miss replier's oh the hours of bitter practice it took to limber my stiff little knees for those curtsies ease in motion does not come handily to all of us But Alice Morrow could never, supposing her to have the power of expression, have penned Miss Replier's comment. Father, do you know that Alice Morrow has everything that goes in the making of Don Suse? Indeed, I answered, and presently forgot her observation. But it was to be recalled in the light of later events. End of chapter two. Recording by Maria Therese.